listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. If you guys don't know me, my name's Mark, um, and I... Well, I preached preach about a month ago, so, um, so we, I usually preach about once a month, and I'm uh, part of the preaching team, t- so if you're not familiar with me, that's who I am. Um, so today, I actually wanted to start with a, with a question, and it's kind of a, it's, it's actually a little bit of a rhetorical question, but, but not really. It's, kind of a, it's actually kind of a risky question, too, because I'm not sure I, I really want to know the answer to this question, but, um, but here goes, you know, we'll just start here. Why, why are you here? Why are you here? I mean, there's... I'm not asking, like, uh, you know, how babies are made or anything like that, so don't, I'm not asking that question. Like, it's not like, you know, deep philosophical, like, what's the meaning of life type question, but why, why are you here sitting in these seats? And I know some of you might be saying to yourself, yeah, you're right, Mark, why am I here? I wish I wasn't anywhere but here, especially listening to you. Uh, I could go, you know, you know, watch a football game or, or be, you know, eating breakfast or stay in bed, but, but you who are here chose to be here for a reason. And, and, and if you leave, I'm, I mean, I won't be offended, I promise, I, I mean, it's okay, but, but I mean, I think we're all here for a reason. And maybe, you know, the reason you're here is because of our awesome children's program we just talked about, Karen and, and uh, Sarah and all of the, the, the crew that does that. Maybe you're here because of that. Maybe, maybe you're here because of our location, our amazing location right on, you know, Cajon. I, I don't know why you're here. Maybe, maybe, you're, here be, maybe you're here because of the coffee and, and Mark is, is our coffee man. Maybe you're here because of our pastor, Jason. Uh, I, maybe you're here because of the preaching, obviously not from today's preaching, but you know, like last week's preaching, maybe you're, you're here because of that. Um, maybe it's because of our awesome community and our culture of, of like in, inclusiveness and just loving each other and loving, you know, maybe that's why you're here. Why are you here? I think the reason why most of us are here, because eventually, it's, it, initially, somebody invited us here. And we, we, we have some really awesome stories. I've heard many of your stories about how you, you got here. And, and, you know, I think the awesome thing is that we're all here for a different reason, and we're all here for a different purpose, but we all eventually came here because somebody invited us. Maybe you walked in off the street, and maybe even today you, it's your first time here, and you're like, I'm not sure why I'm here. But, but, um, but hopefully you felt invited. It wasn't like maybe somebody didn't just, you know, hand you a, a card and say, hey, you know, come here to the mission, but hopefully when you walked in those front doors, you felt invited. And whether it was a family member, a friend, or maybe at some point somebody developed a relationship with you, and you felt like you were welcome here at the mission, because you were invited to be part of this community. And maybe if, like I said, if it's your first time here, you know, I hope you felt invited. I hope somebody said hi to you. I hope somebody said, you know, thanks for coming. Because I think that's the community, that's the culture that we want to build here. We want to build, build an inviting culture. But, it, but as I begin thinking about this question that we're talking about today, which is how to invite people, why we, should we invite people to this place? I, I thought about it this way because I, I actually have never not been in church. You know, I, I've, I've always been a church person. And, uh, you know, I always thought, how does it ta- what does it take to become, you know, 
to come walking through the front doors if you've never been to a church before. Or maybe you've been to church, but you've been burned by church. See, again, I, I, was, I was born in the church, so it's not, it's not a question I think about too, too often. But as I was pondering this question, I was given, I was given a gift, actually. And I was sitting, you know, I was literally sitting in my front, uh, front living room on Tuesday morning when I was writing this, these exact words. Um, and these two sweet little ladies come up to the front door. And uh, I, I usually try not to answer the front door. I'm just, maybe it's just me. I'm not a, I just, we just kind of like ignore it. But I was sitting right there and they saw me and I was typing with my Bible. And I'm like, and, and I, so I said, okay, I'm just going to answer the front door. You know, I kind of like figured they were selling something to me, but um, you know, they gave me this wonderful, wonderful gift, as I said, it, it, and it's up here. Um, James has it here. It's a 2017 convention of the Jehovah's Witness. Actually, it's it's starting. It's right now, so you guys probably won't make it if you if you don't get leaving right now. But it's at Citizens Bank Arena. But I, but they gave me this wonderful invitation, and I thought that's it. God is telling me exactly how not to invite people to church because I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm not like really, um, you know, somebody who's likely to go walking into some big convention that uh, I don't know anybody and it feels kind of a little weird. And um, I don't know. I think I, I, I really do think those, those two ladies are, are awesome though because it takes a lot of courage to walk up to somebody you've never met before and just give them something. And I don't know, it would feel kind of kind of awkward if it was me, but, but um, you know, I think that's, that's, that's something that we often think will help, you know, get, invite people to church by just blanketly giving out, you know, some, some invitation or some, some uh, tract that's going to, you know, invite people to church, but, but I think that's not all that effective, honestly, and, and um, you know, I think oftentimes we don't think about Inviting people to, to, to church being a, a personal thing. You think it's something that just happens, that people just show up. And I think we don't think about it as, as something that we should be doing. As a, as a you know, because I'm not, I'm not going to the front knocking on people's doors. That's not, that's not me, you know. That doesn't seem right. And maybe it does work for some churches. I don't know. I've never, I've never done it that way. But, um, but when we think about inviting people to church, you know, we think about this question, why am I here? Why am I in this room? Then there's another question that starts coming to mind, and it's kind of the opposite question. And I think it's, it's an important question. It's probably more important. It's, it's, it's this question, why aren't people here? Why, why aren't people who we know should be here, why aren't they here? I mean, there are people you wish were here. You, you know them, and, and you, in fact, you know they need to be here. They're, they're, uh, they're those people that, that, that are struggling in their lives that you know you have relationships with them and you know they need, they need Jesus. They need something different to change in their life and yet, and yet they aren't here. And why aren't they here? And, and there's a lot of answers to that question. I know, you know, many of us have, have prayed for people to, to, to show up here, you know, some, one of our family members to change their life and show up here. You've invited them and they just don't come. That's, that's one type of person. They just, maybe they're just not one of those people who don't want to come to church. And that's, that's fine. Oftentimes, church is just something that seems like it cuts into our weekend. It just gets in the way. 
And um, I don't know, for you, why are these people aren't here? I think most of the time, and for me, I know who, that's true for me, is I just haven't invited them. And you haven't invited them. I mean, I think it's easy for us to think that some, that's somebody else's job or it's somebody that they're going to just show up to, 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 to experience God in, in a church environment just on their own accord. But honestly, we need to invite people. And we sometimes think it's going to happen when, you know, a big harvest crusade comes around or we just got to wait for the perfect timing when they're really asking for it or we have to wait till they're ready. But if we wait, if we wait, then people who need Jesus' love, who, needs their, who need their lives to change right now, they never come. And by the time they do, it may be too late. And so if we know that people come to church because they are invited, we, you know, we were all at some level invited here, and we know we have people that we have relationships in our lives that we know want to be here, we, we want them to be here, and we know we, need, we should be inviting these people, right? I, I know that. Um, why don't we just do it? It seems like so simple. It's just do it, right? But the problem is... Inviting people to church seems a little awkward. It seems a little weird. It feels like you might be, um, you know, bringing your little, little thing and saying, oh, you know, come to our, our, our convention. And, and so I, I get that. I think that's a human, under, you know, it's an understandable reason why oh, I don't really want to do that. So I think, you know, for me, it's like I, I worry that, that somebody's going to say no or, you know, because I just have a fear of rejection. I don't know. There, some people are embarrassed to, to even talk about and even talk about church. And maybe, maybe you're worried that, that uh, you, they'll get here, your friends are going to get here, and they'll be like, this place is, you know, strange. It's kind of weird. You know, you guys, you know, do, do weird things. And I get that. I get that. So I'm sure you guys realize that this is a problem. We don't, we don't invite people because we're, there's a lot of reasons we don't invite people. There's a lot of re- reasons people are not here in this place. But I'm sure it wouldn't surprise you to, to realize that this has been a problem throughout throughout history. I mean, the, the earliest church, I'm sure these, these people, even though, you know, they were, they were getting persecuted, they, they, they went in and, and they shared the, shared the gospel. They, they brought people to their communities. And, and, and I'm sure they had the same kind of angst, a little bit of like, oh gosh, what, they, what do they say? They actually have it even worse because people, you could get killed for, for having a, a church service. So, so this, is, this is a similar problem to what, what the early church was dealing with. So we're going to talk a little bit about the why invite people to church. Um, so how did, like, like I said, how did the early church grow if, you know, they had these same issues that we do? Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about three different people in the, in the Bible, in, in the New Testament, who, who you know, talk about this inviting people to church and why they invite people um, to, to experience this community of believers. So first one is John. So John, he, you know, he was one of the 12 disciples. He's, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, if you saw, if you ever watch a football game, John 3.16, you know, he's like famous, that guy. Um, and and uh, the reason people in the early church invited really others to, to, to experience this was because they had actually seen Jesus, right? They'd seen Jesus, and he was, he was you know, risen from the dead. So, so they, they actually were, like, giving this, this testimony of what they had seen and what they had heard. And so in John, 1 John, he, he writes a letter to, um, to churches. In 1 John 1, verses 1 through 5, it's the, kind of the opening section of this letter to, uh, to churches. And he says this, that which was from the beginning, 
which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest. And we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. That's the why. We, we want our joy to be complete. This is something that's so amazing that we just want to share it. It's, our, it's joyful. And this is the message we have heard from Him and proclaimed to you, that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. So this was the evidence that they had for the, the transformative love of Jesus Christ, that they were, they were able to overcome the awkward and, and tell their friends and neighbors and coworkers, come and see what God is doing. They, they would say, God is light. Jesus is the way and the truth and the light. I've seen him with my own eyes. Come and see what God is doing in our community. Because that was easy for him because he had seen it. And they'd seen something remarkable and, and, and they'd seen this amazing Jesus in person. And so John just has this joyful outpouring of, of you know, just wants to sh- share this to everyone. And you might say, well, yeah, that's right, because John actually had seen Jesus, you know, but, but maybe there were other people who hadn't, hadn't seen Jesus. So, so the perfect guy who was like an anti-Jesus, anti-Christian guy was, was Paul. You know, Paul wrote most of the New Testament, and, and, uh, you know, but before that, he was like the, the anti-church, anti-guy, and uh, anti-Jesus guy. And you'll, you, you know, but his life was transformed because of an experience with, with Jesus. Yeah, he saw Jesus, but, but he saw Jesus work in his own life and change his life. And so he also spread this news. And, and so, you know, he, he, he actually planted churches that were, that were appealing to both people who were not church people, not Jewish, you know, you know good, good Christian people, or good Jewish people, I guess you would say, at that time. They weren't, the, they weren't the insiders, they were the outsiders. They were the Gentiles, the pagans, those guys, those guys you would not expect to be showing up at a church. And he appealed to both of those groups of people, those who were insiders and those who were outsiders, in, in, a, in a letter to the, to the Roman church, to, to Rome. And um, He's particularly speaking how there is no distinction, and this is really big for, for Paul, there's no distinction between the Jewish, those, guys, those people who had you know, been Jews before they became Christians, and those who were not Jewish Christians, those who were, who were Gentiles or pagans before, before, they became, um, before they became Christians. And so he writes this um, in Romans 10, verses 13 and 14. It's up on the screen for you. He says this, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, so he's saying, is this for all people? And we want salvation for, for all people. But then he says this, this is the why of why invite people. It says this, how then will they call on him whom they've not believed? I mean, how, how, how will they believe in something if they've never even heard about it? And how will they believe in him of who they, who they have never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? And I know what you're thinking, Perfect, we'll let the preacher do this. I mean, that's, that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about preaching as, you know, 
what I'm doing today or what Jason does or what Ricardo does or standing up here. He's talking about preaching to people in your own lives. See, I'm not the preacher you are. But as... I'm sorry. My iPad had a malfunction. Okay. You need to be sent out, you know, to your own workplaces, to your own classrooms, to your own environments, to soccer practice, to places where you know people need Jesus. And it's, the truth is, it's not really about preaching a sermon to those people, but it's really to invite people to experience the love of Jesus that you have in your own life and to invite them to a place where they can connect with people who are going to pour into them that life-giving Jesus that we all want to experience. And, 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 and so this, this is kind of that, that so the first is, uh, is John saying, look, I, I've seen all this stuff. I, I can't help it. It's joyful. Second of all, Paul says, and, and if you don't tell people how are they going to know? How are they going to hear? How are they going to change their lives? And finally, there's another guy who actually did see Jesus, who was with Jesus. His name's Peter. And, and he addresses this other issue that we all kind of experience, which is this feeling of awkward, feeling of, ah, oh, this doesn't seem like it. It just doesn't feel right. I'm kind of scared of asking or telling people to, to, to come and see what's going on at the mission. It just feels, feels awkward. It addresses those, those issues. And actually, like we said, Peter, he was a, he was a disciple of Jesus. He had seen the risen Jesus. He, he kind of knows what he's talking about. And Peter, he wrote a letter to, in, you know, in a time when, again, we talked about this, that, that Christians were not just kind of anxious about feeling awkward. They were, they were actually getting persecuted by, by a, the Roman Empire and the emperor Nero, and this was that written in that time, so you've you got to think of it in that way, that, that, that Peter's talking to these people who are feeling really anxious about inviting people to come and see what's going on in, in the church. And he writes this in 1 Peter 3, 13 and 15 about how we should respond to these concerns, and he says this, Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you, you will be blessed have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. For anyone who asks you that question, why, why are you so hopeful? Why, why do you seem to kind of have this peace about you? What's different about you? Be ready to talk about that. And I love this next part because I think this is where sometimes their traditional church gets it wrong. We, Peter says it this way, do it yet. You know, so be willing to tell the truth. Be willing to, to show why you have so much hope in Jesus Christ, but, but do it with gentleness and respect. Do it with gentleness and respect because I think sometimes we get these, these things and, and, and it says, you, you know, you're going to hell. Come to church. You got to figure it out. You're doing it all wrong. And I don't think that's very respectful. And I don't think, honestly, it's very effective. Because, you know, people already know that things aren't going well in their life. They don't need to hear it from you. They need hope. They need hope. So these, 
So Peter's telling these people who are truly suffering for the sake of spreading the gospel. These aren't people just, just kind of like, oh, I'm not sure what they're going to think about me. They're thinking, I'm not sure if I'm going to die because of this. But he's saying, look, you'll be blessed. Again, you'll be joyful when you are prepared to make a defense or a rationale for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. It's not about, you know, having the right argument or having great rhetoric, just convincing people of just the right thing. It's about showing love and care and true, earnest passion for that hope that you have in in Jesus Christ, in your own heart. And isn't that what we want for our friends and for our neighbors and for those of us who we have relationships with that we, that we wish were here? See, we, we want to see the hope in us and we want to let them know why we want them to share in that hope. And I get that it's hard. I mean, I, I'm, I, I have a hard time overcoming that fear myself. There's lots of excuses, but I believe that in order to see the lives of our friends and our family members and our and our neighbors, and our co-workers, in order to see changed lives, we need to invite people to come and see what God is doing here. See, we have, a, we have a mission here at the mission. Some of us may not even know what that is. We talk about radical love a lot. We want to show God's radical love to our community. We want to live it out. But the real mission of what, what we want to do here. So we want to make that radical love contagious. Amen. And I'm a doctor, so I, I came up with the contagious. No, I don't think I came up with the contagious part, but I think contagious is exactly what that hope that is in Jesus Christ, what that is, is that it's contagious. When people see that you're a little bit different, you have a little different hope in life, it's contagious. And I've... I'm being honest with myself, and, if, and I think if we're being honest with ourselves about the culture of this place, we're not that great at inviting people to, to experience that. And so as a preaching team and as a leadership team, we came together and we, we wanted to make this, this really easy. And uh, they kind of let this out of the bag, but I was, I was going to say, um, you know, we're going to go ahead and have you guys knock on doors and hand these things out. Um, there's sign-up sheets in the back, and you just have to make sure you're wearing a tie and a dress. Um, <laughs> but actually, that's not what we're going to do. So that kind of the, the, the cat that got let out of the bag there. But, but we're not going to do that, and I'm sorry if you're disappointed about that. I know some people love to go knock on doors, but we're not doing that. But we did have those invitation cards printed intentionally for you and for me. And we did it purposefully that, that, the, um, that the sermon series that we're promoting and we're talking about, that we're inviting people to come to is in two weeks. Because I know I'm a procrastinator and if, if you just said, oh, go give this out to somebody, I'd say, yeah, next week or the week after that or probably in a month, it'll be just perfect. But, but these things expire, okay? So, so you gotta give these out in two weeks. Um, so you have a deadline and that for me, like who's a procrastinator, that's always helpful. Um, and I want to make something really, really clear because I think it, it can seem like we're just saying, oh, we just want people to come here because we want to have a bunch of people in the room. And that's, that's absolutely not what we want. <laughs> we don't just want people for the sake of having people in this room. We, we, 
we truly, I, I truly want to see people's lives changed for Jesus Christ. Not, not people who are already church people, but people who, who need Jesus. And I don't think there's another better way than having them come here and see why church? Why, why should we go to church? Because we're going to talk about that. And that is, a, that is an important question. It's actually an important question for two people. People who don't go to church, who have been burned by the church, who have been kind of away from church for a while. We're going to talk about that. But I think it, there's another risk and there's another group of people that ask this question, why church? Because because they kind of feel like they're not getting something out of church, or they're not, it doesn't suit their needs. Or they, so there's people who are church people that are kind of like, why am I even doing this anymore? So we're going to talk about both of those types of people in this series, and I really am excited about it. So at the risk of kind of, you know, saying next week is, you know, is, is, is okay, but get people here two weeks from today, because I think it's really important. Because, you know, again, our church leadership team, our, our, our group has, has really been prayerful and thoughtful about what is it that, that we need to hear in this season of our, of our church. And I believe this is, this is key. So, so let's get this done. Let's give these, peop- these cards to people we have relationships with. Let's, let's, you know people in your life that, that need this. So, but I don't want this to be indiscriminate. I don't want this to be, to be this, okay? Because, because that's not really effective. So who do you give these, peop- these cards to? I don't even know how many we have, but, but I don't want you to just go spread them around town. That's not, that's not quite what we're, what we're looking for. We want you to give these cards to people that you know who need Jesus. And there's kind of two camps of those types of people. There's people that, that things are just aren't, aren't going well for them. Those, those are people who are really searching for answers. Pe- things aren't going well, and they're not connected to a church community, or if they are, they're just not very involved or really into it. So those are people that you can give these cards to and say, I want you to come and see what's going on at my church. It's a great series. It kind of gives, gives a little tension about why church, and on the back you can see that paragraph of the, what is it that, what this is really about. The second group of people are people who are, who are, who are changing, or things are changing in their lives. And, you know, it's a new school year, there's, um, you know, new jobs, people who are new to your neighborhood, people who are, who are not connected yet. Um, things, when things are changing in your life, when, when you kind of have some experience that's different, a new baby, I don't know, you know, you, you guys know these, your people in your, in your lives. When, when things are changing, that's a time when we often step back and reflect and say, oh, gosh, maybe I need something different. And that's a great group of people to say, hey, there's, a, there's something going on in my church. And I know that I don't know who these people are. I can't just go randomly throw these things out, but I know that you have people in your lives, I have people in my life that need to hear this message. So Paul would say to us, how will will those people hear if we don't invite them? And John would say, look, proclaim what you've seen and heard in your own life. And Peter would say, don't, don't worry about what people think, but have joy in letting people know 
your hope and do it with love and with respect, with a caring heart. And this is the thing. We want the good news that's in each of our hearts to spread. We want to be known for living out God's radical love in our community, but but more than that, our mission is not to keep it here within these walls, but to make that radical love contagious. And I do believe that that's the next step of the mission here in Redlands. And that's what God is doing here. Because what God's doing here, he wants to spread throughout the community of Redlands, throughout the Inland Empire, and to the ends of the earth. But it's not going to happen if we don't invite people to come and see what God is doing in our midst. All right, so let's pray. You guys, worship team comes up. In Jesus' name, we just thank you so much for, for, for inviting us to be in this place, God. Each of us is here for a reason. Each of us is here because somebody took the time to invite us or because somebody built a relationship with us as we walked through the front door. But God, we know there are people in our lives that, that, that need to hear the message of, of your love for them, of your grace for them, of your unending, amazing powerful love. And God, we know there's people who are hurting. There's no, we know there are people who are not sure what's going to happen next in their lives. There's, there, there's, there's new jobs. There's new houses. There's new babies coming. There's, there's, there's things that are changing. Those people need to be here. And God, we, we, we just ask that we would have the courage to just step out and overcome the awkward and overcome the fear and just say come and see what's coming on what's going on in our church god we just thank you so much for those early followers of you those early jesus followers who weren't afraid who had the courage who had the ability to 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 suffer so that we could be here today And as as our ushers come today, God, we ask that um, you bless that which we bring. We know that you've provided so much for our church community. You've provided so much to each of us. And God, we just ask that you would bless that that offering, that that gift, that, that tithe. We ask that you would give it, you would take it, and, and, and help it to bless not only our neighbors, but, but the nations, God. We thank you so much for all that you've done. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.